This is H.H. from Just Another Horror Story. Thank you for listening. Darkness. In the pitch blackness, one can hear the sounds of water and ragged breathing. The wick of a candle in a lantern spontaneously lights, releasing small tendrils of smoke into the air. The area is illuminated, revealing a large curved concrete wall and the reflection of the lantern glinting in the knee-high water. A ragged man stands, one hand against the wall and the other holding the lantern. Water sloshes around his legs and he is completely nude. His terrified face is wrought with fear and confusion. He looks around him rapidly and tries to gather his bearings. He can barely see beyond a few feet in front of him. The wall stretches into the distance both ways, cloaked in darkness. He raises the lantern further out and sees another curved wall on the other side. It appears he is in some kind of a tunnel. He stands in place for some period of time. Confused, he holds the lantern, staring into the darkness. He supposes he should move at a certain point, but is unwilling to begin the trek through the tunnel. Suddenly, he hears shuffling in the darkness. The sound of water moving and the feeling of waves across his legs alerts him to a new presence. It is not human. It is short and has large arms. It hobbles forward on hands and knees. The thing has mottled, dirty green skin and yellow bloodshot eyes protrude slightly from its forehead. The man watches apprehensively as it approaches. It stops at the edge of the man's light and freezes, its eyes looking erratically in all directions. The man declines to speak first and the creature chirps up. Well, well, look at this. A man. Of all things to find for my eyes in the darkness. How it goes, young sir. The creature speaks with a strange lisp and an alien dialect. The man replies to him, I don't know where we are or why I am here. Can you explain to me what this place is? The creature frowns at him briefly. You aren't part from here, are you? No, the man replied. Hmm, how to say? Maybe before death? Have you wandered yet? I just seem to have gotten here. I can't remember anything except right now, the man said. I suppose that's how newcomers do first. I don't remember that far back to when I started, but I do know it's been a long time since. Well, let me tell you what I do know, the creature said. The creature then trailed off, as if waiting for something from the man. Quite perplexed, both by the creature's speech patterns and by the topic at hand, the man chimes in. Yes? The creature nods and continues. We are in an infinite labyrinth of tunnel systems of water. There is no entrance or exit. There are a lot of us down here, each with their own light, and we spend all our time wandering. That's about it. The man looked at him flatly. There's gotta be an end. What about aging? What happens when we die from starvation? The creature waved one hand in front of his face. No thing like that happens. We never age and we can't die. We can injure and hurt each other, but we heal right up. No one ever gets older. We stay the same and nothing changes. That can't be right, the man said. There has to be a way out. Someone just hasn't found it yet. The creature put one hand under his chin and pondered. Mayhaps there is something like that, but I haven't found anything. You can try looking if you like. The man was stunned. Of course I'm going to try. I can't stay down here forever. I already feel like I'm going to go batshit crazy. I don't want to end up like you. 
Well, well, you might be right about that. Oh well, time for me to continue wandering. I will see you in a while, by the power of our Lord and Savior, Probability. The creature shuffled off into the darkness, carrying his lantern with him. It glowed feebly and disappeared with him in a couple of moments. The man stood in silence, watching the flame of his lantern steadily glowing. It appeared that a draft was blowing as the flame flickered to the right. The man decided to move against the wind and walked forward. The water dragged around his shins but felt nice and cool against his skin. With one hand against the wall to help balance and orient himself, he walked in this direction for a while. Silence, save for the waves of water moving below him, accompanied him. A long time had passed, of that the man was sure, and he hadn't even seen one turn in this tunnel. He began to doubt the creature, and wondered if this was really a labyrinth. The time grew interminable, and he became indignant. His feet became tired, and the water had turned colder over time. The water was constantly changing around him. Sometimes it was cold, murky, and covered in debris. Other times it was clear, blue, and warm, and he could see his feet in the lantern's light, and it ranged from anywhere between the two. He much preferred the clean and warm water to the other types, and was grateful every time he hid a patch of it. For the most part, he was walking in muddy sand. It was smooth and soft, each step enveloping his feet comfortingly. The old lantern clanged as he walked. Its soft metallic tones echoed into the darkness and were gone. He had begun to grow irritable at this point and wondered how much further he would have to go. Mentally exhausted, the man leaned against the wall and stopped for a moment to rest. In front of him, another creature emerged from the darkness. I see you're headed in the direction I came from. Does that mean you've come from the end of that side? The man asked. The creature appeared to be a large albino snake. It had blood-red eyes with white alabaster scales. It wore a purple Mad Hatter hat and a suede purple suit. The creature stood in front of him, at eye level, and slithered out a big tongue. No, it spoke, ending its words with a hiss. So where are you coming from? All I've seen is one tunnel so far, the man said. There's turn up there, don't you know? And you speak different. You must be new. I guess I don't remember anything besides this tunnel. The snake shook its head. Not tunnel, a labyrinth. Tunnel, labyrinth, what difference does it make, the man said. No, no, you are still too young for conversation. Goodbye now. The snake slithered away in the direction from where the man had come. See you again by the grace of probability. Its voice trailed off as it disappeared. Confused, the man thinks that the creatures down here are odd, and not just because they were inhuman. He had trouble understanding their way of speaking and wished that another human were down here. The man did not know if he was really underground, but it certainly felt that way. He stood up straight and kept on walking forward. After what felt like a long time of walking, there was a new passage branching off to his right. He stopped, perplexed and unsure what to do. He had felt a draft coming from in front of him and had assumed the exit was upwind. The man lifted the lantern and saw that a draft was coming from both directions. It appeared that either direction might lead out. There didn't seem to be a way to distinguish either path, and he decided that he would walk one way, and if it was a dead end, he would come back and take the other path. If he proceeded logically, he was sure he could find the exit of this tunnel system, or rather this labyrinth of tunnels. As he walked, he tried to measure time by the rate at which the candle was burning, but it seemed that the candle remained the same, no matter how long he walked. 
Another strange tidbit about the world down here. Perhaps the creature from before was right. Maybe time was stopped here and existed elsewhere. This would be a rather interesting take on the concept of the afterlife, but the man tried not to dwell on it. He still felt quite alive and was disturbed by the very idea that he might be already dead. More and more, the man stopped questioning this reality so he could focus on escaping. The candlelight was nice and warm, but the man craved the outside to feel sunlight on his skin. He grew tired of the dark and the damp. Suddenly, he froze. There were now three paths stretched out before him. He raised the lantern and peered deep into each path. Roots of fear spread in his heart and he was suddenly terrified. The darkness stared back at him. He felt as if he were falling from the moon, hurling towards the earth in the rarefied silence of frozen stars and emptiness. The water was turning ice cold, chilling his blood and biting at his flesh. Apprehension forbade him to take a step down any of the paths. He was unsure which way would take him out of this labyrinth and didn't know how to proceed logically. The cold water was becoming nearly intolerable, and his senses begged for relief. He reached out his toe and felt the water near each entrance of the paths. Tracing a semicircle in front of him, he felt a warm spot towards the path to the right. The man decided that he would follow the pleasant and soothing points of water, for now, while he figured out what he planned on doing. He made his way to the right, and the water became clearer, warmer, and he drank in the comfort. From the distance, another lantern could be seen swaying in the dark, approaching him. He perked up at the thought of meeting another. It had been quiet around him for far too long. The light grew closer and revealed a large humanoid in a full suit of medieval armor. It was entirely black, with subtle gold accents. The man spoke to it. How goes it? The suit of armor makes no sound and continues forward, its metal clanging louder than the lantern. It passes the man and moves forward down the path that the man had come from. There's no exit down there. I just came from there, the man shouted. Silence. The lantern fades into the darkness and the suit of armor is gone. The man is thoroughly disappointed by the lack of conversation and continues forward. The water continues to be beautiful and cleansing until the man hits a cold spot. He stops and takes this moment to rest in the warm water. He sits in the water and stretches, wiggling his toes. As he waits for his strength to return, he tries to puzzle out his present predicament. He was clearly in a foreign world, and there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to this realm. The inhuman creatures were proof of this. Snakes didn't talk, and the first one that he had met at the beginning barely resembled a human. They had spoken of a labyrinth, so it could have been plausible that they were imprisoned here by some being that held domain over this region. His appearance here couldn't have been solely by chance. Some kind of force had pulled him here, stripped him utterly nude in the darkness save for one inextinguishable light. He decided that asking why would be futile and that it was paramount to focus efforts towards escaping. There had to be an entrance and an exit. It didn't make any sense for him to just have appeared here. The laws of physics and reason convinced him of that. It was frustrating. Every thought came to him foggy and he couldn't maintain his reasoning skills. He had followed one direction, ignored a turn, and took a ride at the triple fork. But what good did it do to remember how to get back to where he started? He would just end up lost in the labyrinth all over again. It didn't make any difference. He needed to understand the rules better. He decided to thoroughly interrogate the next creature to pass his way. A long time had passed, but the man declined to move on. He was quite enjoying the warm blue water. 
He could see his feet through the clear water and rubbed the soles of his feet deep into the sand. The man was content ruminating on his situation while waiting for another to pass by. As if on cue, another lantern begins clanging its way towards him. From the darkness, the next other approaches. The lantern dangles from the top of an ornate walking stick held by an aged crone, dressed in heavy scarlet robes. Wrinkled skin, glassy blind eyes, and a crooked beaked nose, he is reminded of an old priestess of the desert. She stops a few feet away from him. Ah, the water tells me that there is a new one here. They say that you just arrived, poor young thing. No idea what is happening here. Would you like some education? The man was grateful for her appearance and eagerly said that he would. Let's see. How to begin. You are here because you were born here. You had no choice. This is where you were created. We were all born here just like you and have spent eternity wandering these halls. Some were born before you, long before you, and others will be born after you. This is the point of convergence, where all time meets for a moment and is held still. We are prisoners to time, and especially here where time is stopped. We do not age, our lights do not extinguish, and we wander this labyrinth endlessly. I don't understand, the man began. I couldn't have been born here. I'm a grown man, and I know I have memories before this. I know I do. I can't remember them exactly, but I know I had a life before this. There needs to be a way for us to escape. There is always an entrance or exit to a place that has been entered. Have others tried escaping? The old crone hooted and hollered with laughter. Such a young one indeed, still holding to the rigid imaginings of rationality and reasoning. They have no power here. Everything you hold dear to yourself, the way that physics gives you comfort over all reality, means nothing. You were born into a world of irrationality. Powers of logic will not prevail here. Time means nothing here, and that makes it a wonderful world of idiosyncrasies at every turn. The man grew angry. He supposed that this woman was trying to trick him and wouldn't believe her words. He couldn't make sense of what she was trying to communicate and challenged her. So what do you do for all eternity down here? He asked. Hmm. That is a good question. It differs from one to the other. I suppose the right answer would be whatever you want. There are no rules down here and no real code of conduct. We pass each other here and there and most are old enough to know that it doesn't matter. Doesn't change anything, really. We can't die in a place where time doesn't exist. Copulation happens here and there, I suppose. Most old-timers know it doesn't feel like much. Joy is vacant down here, young one, and nothing can fill that vacuum. Except for endless wandering, I would wager. The man had grown quiet, trying to absorb what she was describing. Was this hell? If this old woman's words were right, then this must be some kind of purgatory or hell. Even with her words, the man struggled to make sense of things. There was some kind of secret here that he would unravel. If the others hadn't found an answer yet, he would. If time was indeed frozen here, that meant that he would have endless time to explore these labyrinths until he discovered some detail of the puzzle that would let him free. He could not be stuck here for eternity. He had too much to live for. The man suddenly remembered a question he had wanted to ask. What is the god of probability? I met two others that mentioned it. What does that mean? The man asked. Ah, yes, of course you don't know, the old crone replied. 
We all believe in the same God named Probability. We aren't all born down here with that belief in mind, but eventually we all begin to pray to the Lord and Savior, Probability. Within a finite system, there is a point of rest at which equilibrium is achieved. According to the laws of probability, every change or reaction that occurs within the system has a finite chance of occurring. Everything, including that which denies our belief in physics, has at least a minuscule probability of happening. Being stuck, we eventually begin to see patterns and observe the intertwined nature between all interactions down here. Even here, with you, my conversation will determine who you meet next. The time you spend with me will result in changing where you will be in the future. It will alter everything that follows. A bit like the old theory of the butterfly effect, but not quite. Different points in time are all connected. We exist in a sphere, not a line. The sphere may distort, but it will always find its resting point again and settle into a perfect circular shape. So, we have found that the god of this land is the one and only savior, Probability. If we adhere to this belief, then an infinitesimal chance exists that we may find an exit, an escape from the interminable space that is this labyrinth. The man was silent for a long time. I cannot profess to say that I understand you well at all. I do not believe I will be adhering to any kind of religion any time soon. Thank you, though, for explaining it all to me, the man replied. The old woman nodded. It is hard for the young ones to understand. Eventually you will, though. Safe travels by our Lord and Savior probability. She took off in the direction he came from, curved around one of the corners of the triple fork, and disappeared. The man sat still. He was beginning to feel a bit defeated. Her words had disturbed him and made him wonder if he was really bound to this world. The idea of endless wanderings in this labyrinth made him rot with anxiety. He decided that he would not accept this as his fate. He was suddenly determined to escape, no matter what it may cost him. Even if he would lose his mind over this endeavor, he knew he would prefer insanity to acquiescence. He would walk until his mind froze over, until he had lost all hope and was gone to the endless ashes of time. His goal was to leave this place, and it would be the one scrap of sanity he kept hidden in his chest. He would never let it go. He declared it to himself inwardly and sealed his decision away. The man stood up, took a deep, quiet breath, and continued on his way. He left the pool of warm water and was now hitting chilly spots. One hand against the wall, he made his way through the large tunnel. An endless amount of time seemed to have passed for the man, but he knew that no time had passed at all. His bearings were becoming lost, there had been no turn for a long time now, and he was beginning to feel claustrophobia. He hadn't seen any others either, and had not taken any respite since the old crone. With no time, his mind felt muddled. His thoughts vacillated between his talks with the others and the changing of the water. He vaguely wondered if the flesh of his feet were rotting, being this long underwater. He looked down and wriggled his toes. They seemed to be fine. For a while, the man began to count the number of steps he took. He would reach up to as large as 500 steps, forget the number, and start again, sometimes to 20 steps, sometimes to 70 steps, anything to pass the time in his mind. Suddenly, the man's mind snapped. He roared in frustration and tried to smash the lantern against the wall. It made a loud clang, but remained pristine. He swung it again as hard as he could, 
and the reverberations of the metal against the wall shook his entire arm. The glass was untouched and no damage could be seen. Furious, he swung again and again, all to the same results. He shoved the lantern into the water, but the flame held, even when entirely submerged. Stunned, horror drips over his head, seeping into his skin. The laws of physics truly seemed to have no power here. Staring at the impossible sight, the man could feel his mind already cracking. He couldn't lose it here, not now. He had barely begun his journey of escape. He clung to the thought of escaping into the outside world and held the lantern to his chest. He wanted to accept these new rules and committed himself to learning them all. He would learn the nature of this world. This knowledge would give him power and allow him to turn on the offensive. His thoughts were suddenly interrupted when he was shocked to bump into someone in the darkness. This one had no lantern. It was a middle-aged woman, also nude, and she was hugging her knees to her chest, sitting waist-high in the water. She was sobbing. She rocked back and forth, whispering to herself. He could not hear from this distance. He approached and crouched down to her. The man placed one hand on her shoulder and she jumped, startled. Oh my, a human! A normal human, finally! Please, please help me! Fear and confusion widened her eyes, brimmed with bloodshot veins. She reached up and grabbed him by the shoulders. Her nails were all heavily damaged, some nearly pried off. It seemed that she had clawed at the walls for some time. Tears poured from her eyes, making tracks across the grime on her skin. The man offered a hand. Can you stand? he said. The woman accepted and struggled to stand up, but her knees hobbled and she fell back down. She sniffled and wiped at her nose. No, I cannot, she said. The man sat down in the water, eager to get off his feet for a while. The water was just shy of lukewarm and was refreshing. He stretched his legs. What happened to your lantern? he asked. I dropped it. One of those... those things came shuffling towards me. I let go of it when I screamed and ran off. I can't find my way back to it. I've just been here in the darkness, alone. That must have been terrible, in the darkness this whole time, the man said. It's been awful. I, I don't understand what is happening. I can't remember how I got here. Please, you must know what's going on, she said. The man frowned, uncertain what to say. I don't know what's happening myself. I'm still new here, too. But don't worry, I will help you find your lantern. It's the most important thing down here. You need yours. I'll light the way. The woman looked erratically around her. You don't think those creatures will come back, do you? They might, but don't worry. They are harmless. I've never been hurt by one of them. I promise you'll be okay with me. She blinked rapidly, twitched, and bit at her lip. After a moment, she speaks. All right. The man helps her up, slings one arm over his shoulder, and carries the lantern with his other hand. They begin to shuffle slowly. Tell me again, the man says, everything you remember. The woman began. I just remember suddenly being here. I don't even remember waking up or sleeping. I had that same lantern in my hand and couldn't hear anything but the water. A light in the dark appeared and I could see an awful, awful horrid thing coming towards me. It was a large gorilla-looking beast, except that it had the head of a man and three huge eyes across its chest. It was just horrible. I can barely think of it without becoming panicked. I shrunk into the wall, waiting for it to assault me, but it passed without even noticing me. I don't know what it was thinking, and I don't care to know. 
I waited for a long time after it passed and started walking in some random direction. I was terrified and I don't know for how long I walked. And it was then, then that I came across something that set my mind ablaze. It was a giant snake in a purple suit and hat of all things. It spoke to me, a snake that talked. I couldn't bear it and I threw my lantern at it and sprinted away. By the time I came back to my senses, I couldn't remember where I had left my lantern. And I've been wandering aimlessly since. You're the first one I've come across since then. The man almost smiled. He thought back to the charming snake and didn't understand her fear. He said nothing about it and they walked in silence. After a while, the woman had adjusted to being upright and was able to walk on her own. What about you? she asked. Me? What about me? the man replied. What do you remember? The man didn't know what to say. I've met some strange ones down here and have been wandering for a long time now. I don't know much else about this place either. Are they real, you think? Is all of this real? Or maybe we are in a dream or some kind of a program? Program? What do you mean by that? the man asked. I don't know. Aren't there things like that in movies? Maybe this is some sick game. I don't know. You've been thinking a lot about this, the man said. Of course I have. Don't you think about why we are here, she retorted. Not really. All I think about is escaping. She stopped him with a mad look in her eye. Escaping. Yes, escaping. That's what we should be thinking about. Yes, yes, escaping. Do you have any ideas? The man was beginning to be disturbed by this woman. He didn't want to share his thoughts with her. After finding her lantern, he would be off on his own again. I haven't really come up with anything, to be honest. Her animalistic instincts pricked up and her tone changed. Are you lying to me? The man became alarmed towards her and stopped, taking a step back from her. I am a bit, but I honestly don't know anything. I'm just as lost as you. The woman looked at him intensely, testing him. Suddenly, she lost it. She lunged towards him, her mouth changed, becoming a shark's maw. Rows of sharp teeth emerged, and she began biting at him. He planted his forearm on her neck and kept her at bay. Indulging in a primal swell of emotion within him, he screamed and pushed her against the wall. She flailed at him with her arms, tearing some of her nails fully off. Bloody, soft fingertips tried to pry his arms off. She began screaming in an alien voice to give him the lantern, to let go of her, to let her tear him apart. The man, of course, declined her cries. The woman thing's teeth scrape across his arm, creating torn skin. His blood dripped into the water, creating ribbons of crimson in the light. The man raised one foot high and brought it down onto the side of her knee. With a sick crack, the woman stumbles to the ground. He kicks her down and stomps on her head once. She stops moving. Breathing heavily, the man leans back and gathers his breath once more. The wounds on his arms aren't healed nearly immediately. He looks at his hands, trembling with adrenaline, and looks at the unconscious woman. So, her ploy had been to get his lantern from the beginning. She had seemed unhinged to begin with. He wondered if she had been normal when she had first awoken here. There seemed to be something honest about her portrayal of an endangered woman. After he rested, he was back to continuing the trek forward. She had not moved at all, but the man wasn't worried. He was quite sure that they truly could not die down here. 
After the incident with the woman, the man had continued on his trek. After what seemed to be years, the man had changed profoundly. Holding one lantern and hobbling forward in the darkness, the man had wandered for ages. He wished that he could grow a beard, at least then he could have some kind of indication of time. His memories blurred one long line of nothingness that he had seen, again and again. By this point, he had come to know nearly all those that were down here in the dank. He had met the first few characters again in passing and shared some intriguing conversations, but never were they even close to unraveling the mystery of this world. The man could barely remember the beginning, and the small piece of himself he had saved, his fervent hope for escape, was still locked away, untouched. The man had undergone many cycles of emotions and thoughts during his stumblings. At some times, he had become impassioned by the thought of his noble quest towards escape. He would use the edge of the lantern to etch in marks on the concrete tunnel walls to keep track of where he was going, but each time he returned and traced his steps back, the etchings were always gone. Furious, he would continue again and again, only to meet the same ending. For another period, he had become depressed and defeated. He would wander aimlessly and refuse to speak to any other down here. It was during this time that he met an odd creature with whom he had had a curious conversation with. The thing had been a burly, green, man-octopus hybrid. He wore a monocle and a pirate's outfit. His hands were large claws, one being entirely mechanical. He had clamped his claws open and shut and bellowed out a hello to the men when they had first approached each other. They had sat speaking for what felt like several days. It was hard to tell down here. With both lanterns down, like sitting around a campfire, they spoke of many things. Memories, philosophies, theories on why they were here. They spoke of the nature of life, the concept of the afterlife. They spoke of physics and the irrationality of their present situation. It had been a splendid time for the man, and he had enjoyed it deeply. But it was impossible to stay like this in eternity. The beauty of an ephemeral conversation with a stranger was not to be sullied by a sad attempt to drink from an empty chalice. The man reminisced upon one of their conversations he had enjoyed the most. The octopus man comically put one of his claws under his chin. How's this pose? Do you think it'll calm the human newcomers? The man laughed. No, I don't think it will. In fact, I would say that it does the exact opposite. No one wants to see those monstrosities. It'd be better if you were to hide them. The creature tucked his hands behind his back. The enormous claws were impossible to cover and stuck out conspicuously. How's this? It joked. They shared joyous laughter and looked at each other in comfortable silence. So, have you given any thought to our previous discussion? It said. What part? The man replied. About what we should do. What our response is to being here. Of course I've given it thought. It's almost all I think of. So, what's your conclusion? I don't have one, but I do have some ideas that you might find interesting. Oh, and what are those? That perhaps the laws of the Lord probability is, indeed, the right faith to have. That maybe everyone has found the one string of truth that we can believe in, just as much as physics from my previous worlds. Rationality holds no sway here. That is undeniable. It is futile to try to operate rationally in an irrational system. That itself would be the definition of irrationalism. Such, we need to start over from scratch, 
and consider what are the firm tenets of our new reality. Probability is defined by the system. There is an infinite number of possible combinations of parts of the system. Even the laws of physics postulated that the impossible has an infinitely small probability of occurring. No matter how small the chance is, there is still a chance. In the world of physics, these tiny chances are impossible due to the nature of reality, but that isn't so here. The impossible has already occurred, so what is to say what is truly impossible or possible down here? This has nearly convinced me that there is an exit. There is a chance. Perhaps the very irrationality of this world creates the possibility of that which no one believes exists. If we believe in probability, then we must also believe that there is truly an exit. The octopus man pondered the man's word. There was merit to the argument. He posed a question. If you truly believe that, then that just means we continue on our way in the same manner as always, just wandering around, stumbling in the darkness. The man paused. He supposed that was true. He hadn't thought it out that far and was feeling a little deflated. That's right. We would just be doing the same thing as always. I guess the theory doesn't make a difference. Just making our way through this endless labyrinth, hoping that we might find some kind of escape to save us. We don't even know what would be on the other side anyways. Maybe it'd be worse than it is here. The octopus man became concerned at his friend's sudden moroseness. Cheer up, lad. The octopus man patted him on the back with one claw. It's best not to dwell on it for some period. I know it will always come back, but it's healthier to take it in doses. The man looked down, frustrated and suddenly angry. I don't want to be here anymore. That's all I know for sure. I know you don't, he replied. I don't either. That was the end of that conversation. The two of them had enjoyed each other's company for a long while. They laughed, discussed, and gossiped about the others down here with them. Finally, it had come time for them to part ways. They had embraced and promised to visit again when the Lord Probability would permit them. It had been a long time since he had met with the creature and missed him. He had hoped they might bump into each other soon, but doubted it. The labyrinth was enormous and he could be anywhere. He had much longer to wait before they crossed paths once more. His heart had grown weak during this time and the man's strength left him. A feeling of utter defeat brought him to his knees. He dropped the lantern and began to cry into his hands. His face contorted as he was racked with deep sobs. There was no escape here. He was condemned to this life for eternity. He would never unravel the riddle of his fate and was beginning to accept it. He found himself giving up, just like all the other lost souls down here. A large, upright crocodile approached and passed him in silence. The man made nothing of its presence and continued on as if alone. He cried out in pain, stuck in an eclipsing suffering. There was no escape after all. There was nothing for him now. This was his eternal prison, and the unknowing would soon break him if he wasn't already broken. The man sat, staring at his lantern. He had completely given up and refused to move. Nothing had come his way for some time, and he had been alone for a long while now. He stared into the flame. This fire had been his one constant companion this entire journey. He felt familiarity towards this lantern. All this time, and he hadn't considered the significance of the lanterns. One of the ultimate laws in this realm was that each of them were given a light, one that would never go out and would always illuminate each tunnel path. It was how they all greeted each other. 
It was what led them forward and gave them some control against the darkness. He looked deeply into the flame, letting the gold light seep into his soul. In this tiny flame he could see an expanse of the universe, the connection of fire to life. If one would only listen to its small fluttering in the air, then perhaps one might hear the candle speaking volumes. There were whispers. Yes, he could hear them clearly now. They spoke to him, breathing in his ear existential secrets and sweet sufferings. The man began meditating on the light, tethering his mind and body to the flame. Normal breaths became deeper, more regulated, and he let his thoughts go where they might. He thought of the empty vacuum of space, the expanse of oceans, the sensation in his fingertips and the soft breath of his nose against his upper lip. Everything was beginning to converge, to become one. The tunnel began to disappear from him. The others passed by him with no acknowledgement, and he lost any semblance of time. He resonated with the fabric of this reality and assimilated himself into the unmoving time that held dominion here. The man felt liberation blooming in his chest. He wanted to observe his mind as much as he could. It was the one freedom he had left, the one power he had down in this labyrinth. Instead of escaping the labyrinth, he would escape the prison of his mind. The desperate desire to leave these tunnels were becoming eclipsed by his fascination for internal discoveries. There was mystery left to be found, not in these infernal tunnels, but of inside, of what his mind was hiding from him. Being frozen in time did not sentence one to impotent longing for time to move again. There was an advantage to existing out of time. One could find that their mind was freer than one thought. His mind had slipped out of time and he was flying across an infinite sky. As he stared at the flame, it began to grow. The light gained in size and began to break free from the lantern. The lantern, being unable to contain the flame, shattered and an inferno blazed in front of him heat radiated off it unbearably hot to the touch the man was exhilarated here it was the impetus for change after so long he had unlocked the secret to these tunnels it was now that he was to achieve freedom with serenity he walked into the radiant flames fire burst out across his skin and seared his flesh he glowed bright too fierce for one's gaze like a seraphim shining across heaven. He allowed the flames to consume him and gratefully took his end. The man knew that when he awoke, he would be somewhere else. This podcast is part of the Tapped House Media Network. Thank you for supporting the show. You can find more from Tapped House at the link tree in the description.